0: Well, today we're wrapping up the series, God's Favored House, and today's message strikes right at the heart of our deep need for power. In fact, really, this is kind of where we've been headed all through the series, is that we build a place where God's uh, glory can show up, where we can begin to develop an intimate relationship with God, and in so doing, we find power for living, in fact, that's what I've called my sermon this morning, Power for Living. How many of you know we need power for living today, amen? Uh, where do we get that power to live in a world, of, in a life that seems in constant chaos and constant struggle? Where do we get the power to live in a world that's filled with these difficult questions? Where do we get the power to keep our everyday life up? The reality is God never promised that life was going to be easy, but he did promise that he would give us power to make, through, make it through it. So today's message is that uh, you and I don't have to live powerless lives, amen? Tell the person beside you, God wants you to have power. Just tell them, let them know so they don't just hear it from me. You see, you and I don't have to look in other places for sources of power. God says, I want you to have my power today and every day, even in the midst of pain and suffering. So we're gonna take a dive into the word of God. And we're going to learn what God says about power in our lives. And God doesn't want us to just talk about power. He wants us to access that power in our lives. You can experience God's unlimited, divine, supernatural power for whatever it is that you're facing today. Amen. Do you believe that? Say amen. Amen. If you have your outlines, you can pull them out of the program there and follow along. The first verse that I gave you talks about power. He wants us to access it. He says in Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. Aren't you thankful for that? The kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. It's living by God's power. We can truly live by God's power. And then Psalm 68, 35, God is awesome. Would you say that with me? Ready? God is awesome. Come on, say it like you mean it. God is awesome. How many of you believe that this morning? He gives power and strength to his people. Praise the Lord. Come on, say praise the Lord. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. You can do better than that. Say praise the Lord. Praise Praise the the Lord. Amen. One of God's names is El Shaddai which means I am your all-powerful God. So what I want to do right now is I just want us to bow our heads and let's invite the power of God into this place, and into our hearts, and ask him to speak to us, Lord. We just pray right now that you would speak your power into our lives. Lord, you know what it is that we're facing, what it is that we're going through, what we were going through when we walked through these doors this morning. You know what our Saturday looked like. You know what our Wednesday looked like. You know what our Monday looked like. And Lord, you know the things that we're dealing with in our own lives, but you also know that you are able to handle anything that we bring to you. Lord, you're never surprised, you're never caught off guard, you're never overwhelmed. And I pray, Lord, that you would just prove to us today your, your, your wonderful love and grace as you give us power for living. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, most of us here today don't question God's power. If you're here today, you have some type of belief perhaps, probably that, that God has power enough to help us uh, through life. What the question is, is that power available to me? And if so, how do I get it? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The Bible gives us a lot about power. The Bible helps us understand where his power can help us. And I want to say, yes, God's power is available for every person in this room. God's power is available for every person watching online. God's power is available whether, uh, whether you feel it or not. Listen, God's power is not based on how we feel. If it was, we'd all be in trouble, amen? How many of you just be honest, say this morning I didn't feel much power this morning getting up out of bed. Come on, am I the only one, huh? I got up this morning and we'd already, we're, we're going to take a few days and, and get away. And uh, my wife had already packed the coffee maker. So it was a crisis in the Spriggs home this morning, amen? I had to go find somewhere and get some coffee or you would not want me to show up today, huh? So, but the power of coffee wears off. But I want to tell you the power of God never wears off, Amen. And the Bible tells us that God will give us power for life. God will give us power for everything that we face. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down because I want to look at the word of God and I want to help you see where God wants to help you with his power. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. God will give us power for our weariness. God will give us power for our weariness. I can count on God when I'm tired. Aren't you thankful? I don't even have to ask you if you're tired this morning. I just look across here and see your faces. And I understand a lot of us are tired today. And God has strength for that, right? God makes us a promise. In fact, look what it says in Isaiah 40:28: The Lord is the everlasting God. He never grows tired or weary. He strengthens those who are weak and tired. Those who trust in the Lord for help will give their strength, get their strength renewed. He gives power for those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the week, What a great verse. Amen. God's power is unlimited. He never gets tired. He never gets weary. He never goes to bed. It doesn't matter what time you're awake or what country you're in or what time zone you're in. God has unlimited energy, unlimited power for whatever it is that you're facing today. I mean, he created the entire universe and then said, okay, what's next, right? God is strong and powerful. So let me ask you, would you like to tap in to that kind of power this morning? Because it is available. God's power is also there for, if you're taking notes, our weaknesses. God says, my power will show up when you're weak. Paul said to God, I've, given, I've got this affliction. Could you please take it away from me? Could you please heal me from this? And God told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, my power shows up best when you are weak my power is strong in your weakness. My power shows up best in weak people. Then look what Paul says in verse 10. Now I'm glad to boast about how weak I am. I'm glad to be living in demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. How many of you know that we can be proud of our weakness because in our weakness, God is strong. Amen. In our weakness, God comes in and He gives us strength for life. He gives us strength for today and He gives us strength for tomorrow. God makes a promise. You may feel inadequate, but you're not because you have God's strength in your life. So I ask you do you need to tap into that power this morning? Because it's available for every one of you. Thirdly, God has power for our wounds. And some of the wounds in this room are very real. Many of you have come to me during this whole uh, coronavirus and shared how uh, how the struggle that you already had struggles and and, and you had uh, a lot of uh, weight on your shoulders, but it just kind of has added to it, and it, it has tested our faith, it has tested our our, our will to to push forward, it's tested our, our 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 walk with Christ, it's tested our relationships at home, it's tested our our job and 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 everything. It just seems like that everywhere we look, things are happening to us, and some of us in this room are dealing with deep wounds, perhaps just from recent things or perhaps from growing up with a lousy family, or or dealing with bodily pain, or having a a tough work situation. Maybe you've recently lost a loved one, or you have friendships that are fractured. I don't know if I hit yours, but I want you to know if I didn't, we know it's coming. Pain is right around the corner, but God's strength is always there. God's power is always there. I love what the psalmist said in 41.3. The Lord nurses them when they're sick and eases their pain. The Lord nurses them. Can we just think of God as the one who comes in and tends our wounds and cares for our hurts? His power is strong enough to give us strength and help for today. And for Christians, God's power doesn't pacify our pain. When we access God's power, it so invades our life that it satisfies our soul. That's how the Apostle Paul can say, you know what, it's okay. Even in the middle of my affliction, I find peace and grace from the power of God. I glory in my weakness because in my weakness, God's power shows up. Do you understand what God is telling us? He's telling us that the weaker we are, the more strength we have in Him. That the more difficult our life is, the more available His power is. He gives us the power we need for the time that we're in. He gives us the strength that we need for the struggle that we're in. He has power for our wounds. Do you want to tap into that kind of power? Because I'm here to tell you, it is available for every one of you. Fourthly, God's power is is there for our will. God has power for our will. The fact is, one of the reasons that some of us may be in pain is because we've had difficulty time saying no to temptation. Paul understood this when he said in Romans 7, I often find that I have the will to do good, but I do not have the power. There was a bumper sticker that said, lead us not into temptation. I'm perfectly capable of finding it on my own. <laughs> Maybe you uh, can relate to that. And if you're sitting there saying, I'm never tempted, well, we have a term for that. What we call is that you're actually just dead. <laughs> I had a lady come to me in one of my, in one of my first churches, and, and she said, you know, Pastor, and I I'd preached on temptation, she said, You know, Pastor, I am never tempted. I can tell you, I've just never been tempted. Ever since I got saved, I've just never been tempted. And I looked at her and I said, well, how does it feel to be better than Jesus? Hello. Hello. Because even Jesus was tempted. He said he was tempted in all ways as we are. Now, let me help you understand what temptation is. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is a draw towards sin it is the enemy trying to get us to do something wrong and if it's not tempting then we're not tempted you say well what do you mean well you know some of you say well jesus was was the son of god there's no way uh, you know he could be tempted and absolutely he was but you know what that means that means that there was desire within him to do something that would not be pleasing to his father but he still said no now, some of you, that makes you a little uncomfortable because you think, well, weren't, weren't uh, Jesus' uh, motivations pure? Absolutely, they were, but he also had temptation. You notice what the enemy did. He came in and tempted him with power, which he knew plenty of when he was in heaven, tempted him with food, which, of course, he's going to be tempted by that. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He tempted him with things that he knew he shouldn't do because he had made a commitment not to do, but it sure would be nice to, right? I've often said that uh, if you want to tempt me, don't tempt me with broccoli, right? Because I'm probably not going to be tempted by that. But you put a donut in front of me, I'm probably going to be tempted by a donut, amen? So here's the key, write this down. Here's the theology of the day. If you don't want to be tempted by donuts, stay out of the donut shop. (laughs) Amen, thank you very much. I think I'll just go home now. (laughs) You don't need near as much power to stay away from donuts if you don't go in the donut shop. And I'm not going to stand here and lift a laundry list of things that we're tempted by because chances are I would miss yours, but every person in this room knows what it is that tempts you to go astray from the way of God. And a lot of times we put ourselves in the very position that we should not be so that the temptation is so overwhelming and it's so easy to say yes that we find ourselves saying yes. Get away from that. In fact, the Bible says when you're tempted, run. You know, it's hard to be tempted when you're running. Amen? And temptation is inevitable, but the good news is that God will not let us be tempted beyond our own capacity to handle it. God said, I'm going to give you the power to say no. I'm going to give you the power to be over top of it. Look what it says in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Every temptation that has come your way is the kind that normally comes to people. So let me just stop right there and just say, you're normal. It's okay. It's, everybody's tempted, all right? So don't think that the, you're the one person that God can't help. You're not. God can help any of you with whatever it is that you're facing. Understand that it is that that comes normal to people. But God keeps his promise and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your power to resist. At the time you are tempted, he will give you strength to endure it. So, and so provide you with a way out. The promise is this there will always be A way out. Even if you're in the donut shop, there's an exit door. Amen. You can get out of there pretty quick, huh? Nobody's locking you in. But here's what the enemy does: he lies to us and he says there's no way out. Or he says so much better. And this is nothing new. It happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. And the enemy came in and said, you know what? God just doesn't want you to be as powerful as him. God just doesn't want you to be as smart as him. He doesn't want you to have all the answers. That's why he's keeping you away from that tree. And she's like, oh, that, that kind of makes sense. And the Bible says that she was deceived into believing that what she did was right. In other words, she convinced herself that eating of that fruit was the right thing to do. That's scary place. That is scary ground right there. And if we allow ourselves to fondle and play around with the, the areas that, that, that we're tempted in, the fact is that we're going to find ourselves succumbing to it if we don't call on the power of God. But the promise is this, there's always a way out and there's always power available for you to make your way through it. Paul understood this power when he said in Philippians, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power uh, that Christ gives me circle that word power and the word Christ. It is the power that Christ gives you. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Well, of course, God gives you power. You're a pastor. No, no. Every one of us are the same. I'm no better than you and I'm no better than Jesus. Every one of us have temptation. Every one of us can tap in to the power of God. God. So what I say to you is that God's power is not automatic. As a matter of fact, I've seen a lot of Christians who live their life with no power as a non-Christian. They may have salvation in their life, but they have no power. And they don't call on God's power. So what do we do about that? You see, God's house is a house of glory. As we started out this series, we talked about his glory showing up and changing our life, causing such, such a, 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 an instance of, of awe and worship that we can't hardly help ourselves but praise his name. And then we talked about when he shows up, we have intimate worship with him, an intimate relationship with him. And now I want you to know that as we do that, His power shows up, and we can have power for daily living. Do you believe that? Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. So let's talk about that. God does the impossible. God's power is something that provides for our strength that we need, even when we don't have the strength to make it. But there's two things we have to do to tap into his power. The first thing we have to do, write this down, is we have to admit that we are powerless on our own. We have to admit that we are powerless on our own. When we pretend to be self-sufficient, the key word there is pretend. When we pretend to be self-sufficient, we short-circuit God's power in our lives. That's why I say there are far too many miserable Christians walking this earth because they are trying to live this life on their own power. It would be like... Uh, waking up every morning and taking your pulse to make sure that you're alive. Well, I'm pretty sure since you woke up that you're alive. You might not have felt for, felt like it for a little bit after the alarm went off. Amen. How many of you wonder why we call it an alarm? I'll tell you why, because it's alarming, right? Why is it though that we say the alarm went off? No, the alarm went on. I'm pretty sure it went on. That's why I'm awake this morning. Amen. In fact, I, dis- I dislike the alarm so much that almost every morning I wake up before the alarm ever goes off and I look over at it and I turn it off because I don't want to hear that thing because I'm just annoyed by it, amen? But God has a way of putting those alarms in our way and in our path to say, stop, stop, stop. If you will lean on me, if you will depend on me, I will be your strength, I will be your help. And for whatever reason, we ignore it and we push it away. And we wonder why we're miserable. We say, no, I think I can handle this. I think I can stand for this. I think I, can, I think I can do this. But it's only God who can do the impossible. My dad used to say, I can resist anything but temptation. That's the only thing I can't resist is just temptation, right? Sometimes we kind of feel that way, right? But we can't resist temptation. In fact, you know what the Bible says? The Bible doesn't say to resist temptation. It says to resist the devil and he will flee. And what does that mean? That means in the middle of temptation, I resist the devil by calling on the power of God. And it's the power of God that shows up and gives me the strength to turn my way, turn my back on temptation. Amen? You with me? But the first thing we have to do is admit we cannot do that in our own power. And can I get can I tell you a secret? If you're anything like me, you've proven it a time or two. In the length of time that you 've been living that you cannot, you cannot evade temptation in your own power, you might be able to do it for a little bit little while, but there 's going to come a time if i 'm depending on phil i 'm going to give in if i 'm depending on god 's power i 'm going to be able to say no to anything that comes my way and it 's that same power that heals our wounds it 's that same power that, that gives us strength for the day it 's that same power that gives us life in the, in, in the in the, uh, in the, in the the times of life that we feel like it's, there's nothing left. He breathes life into us. And the Bible is filled with verses that talk about us pretending to be the ones that have the power. The Bible calls it pride. In fact, the Bible says, you know, he doesn't hate a lot of things, but God says these are one of the things that he hates. He hates pride. Pride says, I don't need God. Pride says, I can do this on my own. Pride says, I've got this. I can handle this. Proverbs 29, 23 says, pride ends in humiliation. While humility, in other words, while admitting my own weakness, brings honor to those who will do so. So if you want God's power this morning, if you want to have power for living, if you want him to heal your wounds, if you want him to be your strength in the time of weariness, if you want him to be the one that helps you resist temptation, the first thing you've got to do is say, I can't make it through this on my own. And the fact is, I think we all know that. But sometimes it's very difficult to admit it, isn't it? It starts with admitting that we are weak and we need God's power. And then secondly... We've got to get connected to the source. You want power? You've got to get connected to the source. If you have a power drill, that's a really great tool to have, but the only way it's going to work is if you get connected to the power, right? I brought with me some tools from my my, uh, uh, garage that I use quite often. Some of them I use more than others, and this is a great tool. Man, you can cut about anything with this. You can, cut, uh, you can cut trees with it. You can cut uh, pipe with it. Uh, I've used this thing for a lot of things, and it's really great when you just turn it on and and, and nothing happens. But anyway, we got uh, this one here, and uh, it's just a small... I've got an electric uh, one that you plug into the wall, but this is battery-powered, and the cool thing, you can go anywhere you want. You can just saw anything, anything you want, and it, well, it won't work. But the good news is we got... Uh, this is not working out... Uh, Oh, that, we need a battery. Does anybody have a battery for these things? Oh, Daniel's got a battery. All right, give Daniel a hand. He's got a battery. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Thank you, sir. That wasn't staged at all. Now, this is a perfectly work. I have all the faith in the world in this, saw. I've used it time and time and time again. In fact, I even tested it this morning just to make sure. I have all the faith in this, song. it It works great. I got it from Harbor Freight. How many of you like Harbor Freight? Come on, guys, help me out. You like Harbor Freight? Great place. I've used, I've had this thing for probably six years, and it's never let me down. It's always worked as long as it has power. And if it has power, it'll work. But if it doesn't have power, you're out of luck. One of the most frustrating things, come on, Ed, can I get an amen? As you come to a place and you've got all your tools ready and you're ready to get involved and all of a sudden there's, nothing, there's no battery or the battery's dead, right? And you start to do your work and you don't have this. What's the difference? The saw didn't change but it got connected to the power. You see, every one of you have the ability to say no through the power of God but it takes the power of God And every one of these beautiful tools that I love to use once in a while, when I get a chance, sometimes I do just make excuses to use it. I like this one because it has a laser beam. Isn't that cool? But it doesn't have a laser beam if it doesn't have power. Plug the power in. Right? What changed about the saw? Not one thing. The saw is exactly the same. Like this, or like this? The only difference is the power. I was thinking about this this morning. Here's another little handy thing that came with it it's a light. Can we get the lights blacked out? This is a perfectly good working light. You're a perfectly good working believer. And you wonder why you can't tell your friends about Jesus. Now this light is going to be exactly the same now as it is going to be when I count to five. But something's going to change. Right now, it can't witness to anybody. It's shy about everything. It's a perfectly good working light. But it's not shining. Five, four, three, two, one. Now it'll tell everybody about Jesus. Do you see it? You say, is it really that simple? Absolutely. The power of God is available for every person in this room. The power of God is what makes the difference. And we're walking around. Some of us, we grew up in the toolbox. This is where we grew up. We grew up in the church. We grew up. I should know everything about tools. I should know everything about making a difference. But there's something missing. The power is missing. And without the power, I can do nothing. So it's really this simple. I admit that without the power, I'm nothing. And then I commit to getting connected to the power. Some of you are saying, Well, I'm already a Christian. I'm already connected to God. Well, here's what happens. If I would take this battery, I know this because it's happened to me a few times, and I put that on there, and I start to use the saw, it's going to work for a while, but what's going to happen? The battery's gonna run down, right? Why? Because the power is draining out. But I've got this handy dandy little charger over there that I can plug it into the true source, charge that thing back up, and off I go. Do you see the importance of being plugged in? I'm looking across here and I'm seeing a congregation of beautiful people. I'm seeing the potential right in this room to change the world. I believe it with all my heart. Tell the person beside you, we can change the world for Christ. Just tell them. You absolutely can. All it takes is the power of God. That's all it takes. He takes imperfect people. Some of you, this is driving you nuts because this isn't one of those power tools that you pay five or $600 for. It's like, that's not going to last very long. Well, it's last six years. It's good enough for me. Amen? So this is not a this is just a cheap saw. But I mean, it still does the job that, that other saws do that you pay $400 for. Why? Because it's got the power and it's going to do it. It doesn't matter who you are. Quit cutting yourself down. Quit thinking you're worthless. Quit thinking you can't do anything. You absolutely can do anything through the power of Christ that lives within you. That's what the Bible tells me. The power of Christ is what helps you make a difference in the world. So my prayer is through this series. I've done my best, and I'm trusting that God will use what we've shared through this series to understand that it is the power and the presence of God that will give us the strength for living. Jesus tells us the importance of connection. He gives us a word picture. I love the way Jesus taught about uh, things, he just always used visual things. And Jesus said in John 15:5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, in other words, those who are connected to me, those who have tapped into the power, and I in them, they will produce much fruit. For apart from me, watch this, what's it say? Apart from me, say it with me, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's the difference between this and this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But the good news is, With me, you can do all things. What did Paul say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. So write this down. If you want to get plugged into God's power, you have to have faith that his power will show up. If you want to get plugged into God's faith, you have to have faith, or into his power, you have to have faith that his power will show up. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. I want you to circle that word, before. Actually, write this down. Write this down. In order for God's power to show up, I have to take a step before. So, the key word there is, before his power shows up, I have to take a step. Let me illustrate it this way. We've been talking about this Ark of the Covenant, and there's a great story about Joshua in the Ark of the Covenant, when they were crossing the Jordan. And you remember, when they were crossing the Jordan, God said, I want you to put your feet in the water, and when you put your feet in the water, I will split the Jordan, right? And I can just imagine what they must have thought. Wait a minute, that's not fair. You gave Moses a stick. Moses got to put a stick out, and then you parted the Red Sea. And God said, that's right, I did. But you saw that. Now you've got to believe that I will do it again. And so before I do it again, you've got to put your foot in the water and you've got to carry that ark. Now understand that the time of year that this happened, the Jordan River was, was, was going over its banks. It, was, it wasn't just a little river. It, was, it would have swept them away had God not separated the water. And so they were literally taking a chance of being swept downstream of the river if God did not separate the water and give them dry land. But they had to step in the water first. So here they are with the ark, and they're saying, Okay, God, you said that you would, so I believe it, so go ahead and do it. And God said, No, no. You've got to have faith to step in the water first. And when they stepped in the water, it stopped, and they walked across on dry ground. Now, the Bible says that it stopped in a city about 30 miles up. So when God does something, he doesn't just do it partially. He does it all the way, amen? And so they had a 30-mile swath that they could cross the Jordan River because they took the step of faith and stepped into the water first. The key word is, I've got to do my step of faith before God's power shows up. Believe it. And receive it. What is faith that says in Hebrews 11? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. You choose God's way. You make godly choices. You follow his will and believe that his power will show up to help you do those things. You choose God's way and his power shows up. Do you see that? Isaiah forty thirty one: those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. You see, we do the possible and God does the impossible. Let's say that our marriage is in danger of falling apart. You do the possible. You treat your spouse as you know you should treat them. You follow God's plan and let his power show up. Maybe you've got a friendship that's totally fractured and you do the possible. You pick up the phone. You call them. You apologize. You, you make amends and watch God's power show up. Are these easy steps? No, they're not. But many of you, I love the quote by Norman Swartzkoff: The hard part is not to do. The hard part is doing it. In fact, I want you to write that down somewhere. The hard part is not knowing what to do. The hard part is doing it. Why? Because that's a step of faith. And I've got to believe that when I step out and follow God, His power will show up. So I've got good news, and I've got bad news, and I've got good news. Which one do you want first? Well, you're going to get the good news because it's first in my notes, all right? The first good news is you probably know what you're supposed to do. You probably know the right thing. You probably know what it is you need to do to call on God's power. The bad news is it's not going to be easy. Nothing worth doing is ever easy, right? But then there's good news. If you will step out in faith and believe him for that hurt in your life. Believe him for that hang up in your life. If you will believe him to be the power to overcome that habit in your life. If you will believe him to be the hope and the help for the wounds and the weariness and the hardness and the difficult times in life. And you'll say, Lord, I'm just going to trust that your strength will be perfect in my weakness. The good news is his power will show up. He promised this. Listen, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You say, well, why sometimes, why sometimes does it feel like it? It's like the old couple that was driving in the car and they were all, uh, all, uh, distracted by things and they drove by a young couple in the car and you know how it is. They were newlyweds and they were all snuggled up together. And here's this older couple. They'd just gone through an argument and they were trying to, you know, work things out. And, and, uh, the wife looked at the husband and said, look at that young couple. You know, we used to be like that. We used to be close together. You know, some of you used to be close to God, very close to God. And the husband just driving along just without missing a beat. He said, well, I never moved. (laughs) Right? What happens is, is we start to lose our faith. We start to lose our, our, our trust in God. And we start to lose the power for living victorious in life. And I think it's time for us to start drawing closer to him, admitting that on our own, we can't make it. But with Christ, all things are possible. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment. If you're watching online, would you just bow your heads right where you are in your living room, whatever it is you're watching? I just want to say a prayer over you as we close out this series. Lord, I pray that you would help us to build a house that pleases you. A house that welcomes you. A house where your glory will show up. Lord, I pray that we would invite you in to have an intimate relationship with you. To talk with you and to let you speak with us and stir our hearts. Lord, I pray for your power in the lives of every person in this room. Lord, you promised it was available for every one of us. You promised there would never be a temptation. There would never be a struggle that you cannot overcome. And you've proven that over and over and over again. And Lord, there might be those this morning that just feel so weak. They just feel like they can't take another step. I pray right now that they would surrender in faith to your power and believe that you're the one that's going to help them through. You know what it is that they're facing, Lord. We pray for your victory in their lives. we trust you for it, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. 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 Do me a favor. Believe this. Live it. And watch how God will change your life. Amen. We're going to ask our other